podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Whistleblowers Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Smith. I'm here, as ever, with Martin Gritton and Gareth Dobson. Boys, how are you? Good. Wonderful. Wonderful, Mark. Thank you. It's great, back, great to be back here on another miserable winter Monday. Do you notice then how I just introduced you both at the same time instead of individually, like I normally do? And and both of us decided to wait for the other one to speak because yeah. and then you know so look at you've already created division bad pod, hosting Mark. let's what start else? again but the reason I did it together is that we haven't got much time this week it's a it's a slightly truncated whistle stop whistleblowers <laughs> uh, but I think it's uh, there's plenty to pack in um, and I think there's only one place to start this week really isn't it and that's that's the City Liverpool game let's talk about Man City Gareth a few months ago. Um, I was saying that City aren't scary anymore. And then they suddenly sort of started looking pretty good against United. They looked fantastic about a month or so ago. Um, but that second half against Liverpool, is that the best half of football we've seen so far this season from any team? Yes, it's definitely up there. It was, you know, in, certainly in terms of impactfulness as well, it's, it obviously feels like such a huge deciding blow or, or a key blow in in the title race. And as much as obviously people are going to want to talk about, you know, Allison and how he contributed to the game, I, I'm not sure that Liverpool are ever going to come away with anything but defeat. Yeah, strange, wasn't it? Because when Liverpool equalised at Anfield, all right, there's no there's no crowd there, whatever. But at Anfield, they've equalised against the run of play. But it never felt like that was a a foundation on which they could build and go and win the game, like it would have felt like in every other season in the last two or three. Martin, did you did you feel like that as well, or was that just me on my own in my uh, house? Yeah, there was no momentum swing back. Was there really? A city just seemed pretty relentless and. They were just better all over the park. I think the the real the worrying thing is how how bad Liverpool's fullbacks are now, and how much they're costing them in games, and they just look unsettled. And I mean, just the, the freshening it up, City just kind of found the pockets that they needed to attack them in. Admittedly, they changed their formation so many times that Liverpool yeah. were kind of wondering what was going on. But bamboozled, you know, yeah, they just they just all turned up, didn't they? Yeah, um, interesting you mentioned fullbacks. I've got the fullbacks written down here. Um, it, I, I don't really know what's happened. It, 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 do you think that's just a a uh, a result of such inconsistency at centre-back? Not just in terms of performance level, but in terms of personnel. It, what's it like for a fullback at that level to be having a different partner at centre-back every single time? Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think that the biggest thing is that that's what sets you off. I mean, a good goalkeeper, I'm sure we'll come on to Alison in a minute, a good goalkeeper is the, the foundations, but centre-halves, you'd rather have a partnership that uh, is consistently playing together sometimes than you know, putting one one player over the other just based yeah. on how good they are. It's like we're seeing at the other at the other end with uh, Stones and Diaz, um, just having that consistency. Uh, the great defences of the Premier League have, have always been built on a centre half pairing, and I think you know it, it gives the confidence to the the fullback, but also the pockets that they're getting hurt in are generally just in those little gaps behind. You know, when you see Henderson getting dragged in, Fabinho getting dragged into the midfield battle when, you know, it's exactly what Foden did. It just sucked them out and it just exposed the fullbacks who are essentially, you know, attacking fullbacks, not defensive yes. ones. And well, that's it, because... Oh, go on. Sorry, Gareth. That's right. I was, uh, one of them, in terms of consistency, is that it feels for the first time for a long time that Pep has a starting eleven now. I think you can pretty much name mm. ten out of the eleven yes. um, of his starters. The only one that was interesting was Zinchenko, perhaps, but he's had a run. So 
you know, it's it's an interesting time that Pep has decided that you know chopping and changing is is no longer on on the agenda. Yeah, but so in that case, then De Bruyne getting fit and coming back in the next few weeks or whenever it is, does that provide a new headache for Pep? A little bit, and probably the question is going to be who does that affect most? Does that affect uh, Foden, or uh, is is Gundogan going to see his role change? Because obviously he's probably been the you know the revelation of the season, which is for a player who's been there for some time. This is this is now you know the year in which he's really shining. So again, you know Bernardo Silva, you could argue will be the other player who who could lose out, but I don't think it will change. You know obviously most of the team and, and, and the tactics, I think he'll find a way to slot De Bruyne in without too much uh, ruffling of feathers. Yeah, I yeah don't, you'd hope I so. Don't, yeah. don't think there'll be a question about, uh, you know, De Bruyne starting. I think that generally these decisions make themselves for you at this level at the moment. It's, you know, the uh, one player will take a knock and someone will need a rest. And, you know, the, the form of Foden, you know, the, the, the way that Foden plays, you can't imagine... That's that sort of intensity is very difficult to keep up, no matter kind of how old you are and, and and how fit you are. So I would imagine that, that there's a natural gap, but at the same time, Gareth's exactly right. Gundogan is just, you know, how can you drop him at the minute? Even at, even after missed a penalty, it didn't affect him. You yeah, know, he's, it didn't at he all. Just stuck about his task. Yeah, isn't it? Oh God, this team because this team they're doing this. They're scoring four at Anfield. They even got a striker. They're playing the smallest man on the pitch up front as the nine. It's just, it's unreal. You know, they're talking about uh, Haaland coming in from Dortmund. I know he's been linked with everybody, every big club in the world, but there's every chance he goes to City. And and that is a terrifying prospect at the moment. Um, You mentioned uh, Alisson a second ago, Grits. Um, Yeah. Obviously, we're going to have to talk about him a little bit. I don't really want to because he's been fantastic since he's been at the club. Um, Once he makes that first mistake... Is he then just in his own head then for the rest of the game? Is, is, that, is, that, is that how we can explain away the second mistake? Oh, I, don't, I mean, it's, it's, the, the thing is, there was just no one in front of him to help him. You know, what? this is the yeah, thing. Yeah. You have someone that then will make a response, get over the ball, just volley it into the rose head or whatever. <laughs> it just felt like it just felt like Man City were playing downhill and everything was coming back on Alisson no matter how hard he kicked it or where there was just nowhere for him to go it and felt, yeah. for, 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 for about 30 seconds I honestly thought am, am I dreaming <laughs> what am I looking at why does this keep happening is my skybox broken and and it just it just it just kept it seems to keep on happening for about I know it wasn't this long but for about three minutes of the game it felt like he just kept on passing to Man City players. They just seemed completely, completely unusual because he's a keeper who we know one of his strengths is the the, the ball at his feet. And is is that what it is then? It, 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 should it have just been a case of right? I've made that mistake. Next time it's at my feet, I just do I just do the next thing correctly, which is just get rid of it. Yeah, just launch it. Just launch it as far as you can because then it's just like it's like watching one of your mates who's like playing on a, a like a FIFA controller and he's got like a bit of butter on it and or something. <laughs> and he just keeps slipping and then you know you just can't you get on top of him psychologically. Then you get on top of them and go, yeah. oh, he's gonna oh, 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 and then you're like, yeah. that can't happen to Allison. That kind of happened to Alisson. But we've seen, out of all the players on the pitch, the uh, the goalkeepers are the ones that 80 million goalkeeper price tag. Nah, you can still be crushed like a, a aluminium can just uh, just by the <laughs> pressure of a situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Gareth, um, you must be a bit annoyed given that Liverpool have looked good once in the last two months, and it was against Spurs. Yes, well, and also against Crystal Palace, but I oh, think yeah, that's enough. the point where you, you look back and you go, maybe that says as much about the opposition they were playing than, um, yeah, than themselves. They, with players as good as theirs, 
you know, they're, ne- they're, they're never going to be rotten for any sustained period of time, but clearly they can be inconsistent long enough that it's 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 pretty much put them out of contention. I mean, they've not had a good sort of 12 months now. Um, they've, since lockdown, yeah. Yeah, since lockdown, and they've kind of wobbled along. Uh, you know, there was a... There, obviously, it wasn't a question they were going to tie up the title, but people thought they were going to finish it off in emphatic style as soon as uh, you know post-lockdown football resumed in in June, and, and that didn't happen. And you know, while they're clearly you know one of the better teams in the league, and they can win games just by you know sort of exerting that quality a lot of the time, it's you know there is clearly you know issues in terms of I think you know fatigue and and maybe a squad that is aging a little bit. Yeah, it seems to be creaking a bit. And and as Martin said on the show a number of times, you, you have a team performing at that level for two, two and a half solid years. Yeah. At some point, they're, they're going to lose their edge. At some point, they're going to get a bit fatigued. It's, it's, just, it's, it, it can, it, it's only natural, isn't it? You can't sustain with the same group of players that level of performance for four, five, six years in a row. No. And, that would, and, and when, we, when we hear some of our kind of friends of the pod, like Miguel Delaney, you read their pieces on kind of how Ferguson refreshed it and, and how important yeah. it is to keep refreshing it and refreshing it with quality. It's interesting. You see the players that have stepped up. Gundogan, a perfect example, Gareth, he's been at the club a long time. You see Shakiri, who's probably been there a long time and been drawn into but playing more regularly. And you wonder if they've suffered because they had to, had to settled a living for, you know, there was yeah, these yeah, players yeah. that were getting, getting blooded into the team or certainly playing more regularly. I know Origi and a few of them did get starts, but you kind of, you expect your strikers to chop and change in the middle of the park. We've seen they've, they've really suffered and, and the players that have come back like Oxley Chamberlain, they've just not been able to have the impact that, that Liverpool needed them to have. No. Yeah, I, uh, I think, oh, sorry, go sorry. on. Klopp does have, sort of favourites at any given time and it does feel like it's very hard for players to work their way back into his his lineup. Mm-hmm. You look at someone like Naby Keita and you know obviously Naby Keita's had injuries and form issues but you know it does feel like he's on the outside looking in Oxley Chamberlain like you said um and you know maybe he needs to needs to sort of look at that and maybe not be quite as dogmatic in terms of always pushing that same 11 out there when he thinks they're playing well. Do you think Klopp is uh, becoming a bit of an issue this season? He, he seems to be getting very, very short with uh, interviewers. And I wonder, first of all, Gareth, from a, a fan point of view, you're, you're a Spurs fan, you've got Jose, so you're sort of used to these mood swings. Mm. But what, what do you make of it from, from a fan perspective, Gareth? And then Martin, from a, from a player's point of view, what's it like when you see your manager seem to fall apart at the seams a little bit? <laughs> Gareth, you go first. It's It, it does seem to sort of teeter between being kind of quite amusing to watch and a good spectacle. And sometimes it's actually quite uncomfortable. That yes. infamous conversation he had with the, the BT sports uh, interviewer yes, that went Kelly. forever. Uh, yes. Thank you. It was, that's point you're like, can, can someone please stop this? This is, this is not good for anyone's psyche, but like I said, yeah. he, he seems genuinely knocked and, you know, some managers, you know, maybe we over project and we're like, Oh, there's a reason why they're doing it. They're clever here. You know, like Ferguson, like Mourinho and, um, but with him, it, it does seem that he doesn't always hold his temper in check, and it's maybe not a great look. But it is great, you know. It is it is fun and quite entertaining, and you know, obviously everyone likes to see the top dogs knocked off their perch. So I think most fans would just lap it up. Yeah. All right, Martin. From a player's <laughs> point of view, when when your manager starts uh, starts losing the plot a bit, how, how does that affect the dressing room, or does it affect the dressing room? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's difficult because Klopp's doing his best to take, absorb the 
absorb the pressure. That the the worrying thing for players is when the when the manager does actually start singling guys out in post match and and is being I don't know not as pr- the protector that you would like him to be. And uh, Jose is a well, perfect Lampard example did, right? of that. Like, with Lampard, Jose, or anyone that's prepared to dig out players, even when teams are suffering, you've got to be able to you've got to be careful with with how you isolate them. But Liverpool have always had a siege mentality around the club and Klopp has probably been niggled by that more so than most this season just because of the way things have panned out. And to be honest, and you look at these things on paper and you think, well, you can skew it anyway and look at it and go, how is this affecting me? This is All these things have gone against us, all these things. It's like, well, you know, I mean, City last year, City last year we might look at the same thing. And, you know, and, and so... I, I think the team will be well behind him. And I think, to be honest, they'll be keeping their heads down because a few of them have let him down in recent weeks yes, in ways yes. that perhaps far below. They haven't been beaten by teams. I mean, that was a, that was a doing that they go against City. If you come away from that game and you get beat 2-1, you go, all right, you know. And you, But they got hammered, you know. And, and, and we've seen them get beat, you know, again by Brighton. He had to hold his hands up and say, Brighton were better than us. And that's what I do but, like about Klopp. He does... He but does then- He's brave enough when he needs to be. He is, yeah. But them getting beaten by Man City and beaten well might actually not be the worst thing in the world. You know, if they'd lost 2-1, like you say there, they could maybe brush it off and they could maybe come up with an excuse and, 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 and just go about as they are. But as it is now, they know, right, we've got to sort ourselves out because, what are they, one point ahead of Chelsea? Chelsea, by the way, who they've been getting slammed by everybody this season. And if they're only one point ahead. It's it's, it's not a guarantee to get top four. Yeah. So now it's it's one of those things where right, yeah, fair enough. You, you now do have to reset a little bit, gather the gather the group back together, and 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 essentially knuckle down and get a shared goal again and work it out because there is a danger they could fall out the top four. I don't think they will. I still think they've got enough quality, but they're showing that they're not great with adversity. This group. Um, you know, yes, of course, Van Dijk being out is terrible, but you mentioned it there. Man City last year didn't have Laporte. It's the same thing. It's all relative. So would you say, Gareth, with that in mind, that Roy Keane's comments about being Liverpool being bad champions, is that fair? Is that unfair? What's your take on it? it it's a good soundbite. I'm sure that there have been worse titled defences, but it, I, I guess it's rather, you know, I think one of the things with Liverpool is that the title seemed to come at the very end of this long period of, of, you know, dominance or near dominance. You know, they were so good for so long and, you know, they won the Champions League and then they won the league. And usually, you know, it's kind of like a young up and coming team or a team hitting their peak who wins the title. And then there's a period of, of defense or, you know, sustained quality. And it's almost like they got it, you know, potential at their last possible moment. And then, you know, the cliff came quickly. So, yeah, it it depends. I, I guess it's also about your definition of what a bad a bad champion is. You know, is that in terms of consistency and results? Take it as you wish, Gareth. <laughs> I'm going to take it as a uh, a pithy quote uh, that comes from a man who was you know a sustained and serial winner. If if you take it from so me or Joaquin. Uh, uh, you and then Roy Keane. Um, in terms of, and you know, in terms of that, it's like you know, doing it once is fine, but you know, the real mark of of truly brilliant champions is to do it multiple times. Is you know, is a fair comment. You look at City, and they they have had a period of domination, and if they win the league again this year, you know, the Liverpool thing will become will be seen more as a you know a pockmark in their overall success, and it will be the story of City's era, not Liverpool's era. Yeah, let's uh, wrap up the City-Liverpool chat uh, by talking about Phil Foden. Uh, we mentioned him earlier on. Impossible to not talk about him in more depth, though. Um, for about three hours after that game, 
all I could think about, and this this might exclude you a little bit, Martin, but all I could think about was England's current best first eleven, and I was fizzing, fizzing with excitement about the players <laughs> we've got. Because I look at it now and I think, well, there's no way you can leave out Foden. I'm not basing it on just this one game. Of course I'm not. He's been outstanding every time he's played for City this season. But he honestly seems like someone who could be, he could actually be the jewel in this entire generation of England footballers, couldn't he, Gareth? Um, Absolutely. And I I think that's maybe as much about how you have a player. If he can dictate the play and affect things centrally, then I still think that's worth that little bit more than you know, having wide attackers who you can you know, create a way to sort of you know, pull them out of the game or block them out of the game. Whereas you know, if you have Foden playing through the middle and being as influential for England as he is for City at the moment, then yeah, he could be, you know, he could be the most important, important yeah. player. You know, the question is probably how you pair him with Harry Kane and you know, whether in the, the medium term it, it does you know, it changes how Southgate is going to view Kane. Right now, Kane is still probably England's best player. Um, but in if the level of advancement comes, and I, I don't see why that shouldn't be Foden in, in the next couple of years. I mean, the World <laughs> Cup in 18 months could even be, or in, you know, actually maybe it's closer to two years because it's the Winter World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Could be the exact point where, you know, Foden comes to, you know, full maturity as a footballer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, why not? He's still so young. I mean, he could be two World Cups away from getting near that. But yes, I absolutely get your point. But if you think I haven't written down what the England side is at the minute, then you are, quite frankly, ill, Gareth. I've written it down and changed my mind, and I've finally come to the best eleven, and it won't on, be the one that on. Gareth Southgate I'd love picks. To hear it no, it's, it's just too. It's just, it's too. We're too far out from. Okay, from... what's the most interesting player? Pull one player in there that I was like, ooh. I've recalled Emil Heskey. <laughs> <laughs> is that right with you? A strong and reliable presence. <laughs> Kieran Tierney. T- t- yeah, we've gone for Tierney. Right, let's take a break. Um, we'll be back after these very, very important messages. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct... Something that's less Mr. Bean and more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the Whistleblowers podcast. Um, Right, we've had the full first half talking about City Liverpool. Let's move on to Everton versus United. Uh, one of my favourite games of the season so far. Three all at Old Trafford, including a 95th or 96th minute equaliser from uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Grits, did you watch this game? I didn't watch this game and I was oh. livid. I was watching it on, I like had it on uh, just, you know, when you're watching the game come in via the score lines, and I was just like keeping an eye on a few different things. I was like, oh, I bet that'll be quite half decent to watch. And then 
five minutes later come back and look at what's going on I'm like oh my god what have I done what have I missed Did you? I'm <laughs> livid with myself because I'm really enjoying watching this United team at the minute and, yeah. and and for my you know for my all my failings I should have been just as uh, eager to watch Everton yeah Everton uh, Everton are um they're a serious outfit, aren't they, Gareth? They, they, they're not just here to, to play against the smaller teams and, and look good against them. James Rodriguez isn't just a flat-track bully, it turns out. He's actually someone who, who can mix it in big games still. Yeah, I mean, you know, James Rodriguez is, in theory, you know, as talented a player on the pitch as, as, as anyone else uh, for Manchester United. You know, there's obviously a reason why he's at Everton now and not at Real Madrid or Bayern Munich anymore. But I think that Everton have a lot of shared DNA with Manchester United. I was um, when Manchester United won, you know, nine 0 against Southampton in midweek. I was like, oh, it'll be interesting to see if they continue this against Everton or whether they, you know, the foot goes off the uh, the, the pedal and, and they fall back. And the, and I was a little surprised that you know, they cruised for two 0 lead because if I was to bet, you know, it would have been on their inconsistency. Um, and I, I was almost quite annoyed with myself for apparently. You know, thinking too little of Solskjaer and his men, but immediately, you know, uh, Everton, Everton can come back, and it it was almost like a half each for them to display their qualities and also yes. display the, the reasons why they're not neither team are, you know, maybe serious title contenders. Yeah, not not quite there yet, but definite improvements, huge improvements from both teams. Um, yeah, the start of the second half, United are tuned up at halftime. The start of the second half. I think it's just lack of concentration. And, I mean, similar to the Allison thing at Liverpool, David De Gea, I mean, is it is it time now? I, so, to me, David De Gea has been playing this season until he's made mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I, that's how I feel about it at the moment, is that Henderson's waiting in the wings. We know what his qualities are. We know he's young. We know how hungry he is for it. And I just wonder if this is the moment now where they have a great opportunity where they can say, well, Henderson plays in the FA Cup midweek because he's been playing the FA Cup anyway. And if he does well there, he can continue to have the number one shirt. Is this is this sort of in a way perfect timing for Henderson now? Grits, start with you. Um, yeah, I think so because th- there's never a right time to drop them. As it's horrible every time it's happened to goalkeepers. Uh, when it happened to uh, Peter Cech at Chelsea, you were like, you can't drop Cech. I mean, you just can't yeah, yeah. drop him. And it was the right it, Courtois was the perfect time to bring him through. And and it's up to the younger keeper to to stake their claim because you know I, that's the thing. These the, they get paid well to do it, you know, so they should be up for the same competition. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but Martin, the difference with the Czech thing is Czech wasn't making no, a, a couple of bad errors, but he wasn't making semi-regular game-changing errors. It's a lot easier to drop a keeper when he's doing that, isn't it? Yeah, no, it, it is, and it should be slightly more uh, blatant because it's it's quite it's easier to quantify, isn't it? I mean, goalkeepers, yeah, what they're letting in, their mistakes. Um, and it just depends on how much you want to back them and, and build them back up. But, you know, it's, we've seen it happen to all of them. Lloris, uh, same thing with all these goalkeepers that have just, they've needed to be dropped because because of it. And it's a, it's an unfortunate thing. But, but you, if you've got someone good and young, he brought Henderson back to play him. You know, he didn't bring him there to sit down. So, you know, definitely give him a chance. Uh, Gareth, a lot of chat about Bruno's goal, United second, um, and the comparisons to Cantona. That's mm. bollocks, isn't it? There's nothing like the Cantona goal. What's everyone talking about? <laughs> no, I, I, I think because it, it's you know understandably because he's been so good, people were you know are rushing to you know put uh, Bruno on the pedestal and and that's fine. But I, and and Cantona, I guess, is 
a comparable figure in terms of how one man came in and changed the direction of a team. Yes, but I, I get I think, that, of course. I think you're at pains to to make that comparison for for outside reasons rather than the pure the, the pure reasons. It's for not the even goal. a chip. It's not even no. a chip. What are we it's, talking about here? And 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 also, you know, let us. Uh, it may be worth talking about the the keeper in in the other goal. You know, Olsen comes in, and I think uh, even though Pickford is is injured, Olsen doesn't have 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 the best game. You know, it's two teams who, you know, maybe the goalkeepers are becoming the biggest the biggest question mark. That yeah, going yeah, back yeah. to the, the the Henderson thing, you know, like you said, they brought Henderson into play. I think you know uh, David De Gea has had a longer leash than a lot of goalkeepers, and I don't Definitely know whether it's agree. because he's so highly paid um i mean you can argue that there hasn't been a you know a viable replacement for him until this year and now you know it would seem that henson's that person so i, I wonder what Solskjaer is seeing or not seeing um this season to, to not my, make my that theory change. my theory on this if you're at all interested is that in the the very very poor years after ferguson you could argue they're still in those years. I, I don't think they are personally. But in those three or four years after Ferguson, De Gea was probably, along with Rooney, the only players to really step up and be counted and continue to try and do something for the club, even when they were in complete freefall. And I think that is probably what's bought him uh, extra time with supporters. And, you know, Solskjaer, if, if nothing else, is a supporter of Man United. Mm. So I wonder I wonder how much that plays into it. And and I guess I guess, you know... You sort of, uh, you sort of deserve a little bit of uh, extra support. But having said that, this is a brutal game, and if you're not doing it, you, you've got to go. Young, hungry people behind you, which uh, you should know, Martin. People trying to get your job on this uh, on this show. So no, I quite your right, mate. I never, I, you know, it's, I'm sick of it. I, I'm sick of it to be <laughs> honest. It's just it's relentless. But you know, if you come for the king, you better not miss. That's right. Right. Let's move on. Uh, Chelsea, all of a sudden, looking good. Three wins on the bounce. Thomas Tuchel. Yeah, I like the look of this. Martin, have you seen much of Chelsea since he took over? No, I haven't seen an awful lot of them, to be honest. Have you watched uh, any football this week, Martin? Do you know what? You're lucky I watched the Liverpool City game. Um, (laughs) No, to be honest, Sheffield United-Chelsea didn't appeal to me, Mark, in the same way that most of the Sheffield United games haven't appealed to me. Um, And two shows, I don't know. I mean, like... I'm a bit indifferent to his, his uh, well, I should suppose I'll be keeping an eye on the results, but with, yeah, it's the same yeah. players that you shuffle in the pack on. So uh, intrigued to see how, you know, a, a good result for them, but uh, one you would expect from them at the very least, you know, I'd probably, yeah. expect, uh, you yeah. know, so, uh, and I'd imagine their resurgence, this is what I'll bet you Lampard's looking at it and going, well, he should be winning those games, you know, with the squad of players that he's got. It's time for Frank to be slightly pissed Chef off. Sheffield United have had a, a bit of a resurgence. They, you know, they, they only lost to City 1-0. They, they beat United. Um, did another good result in there as well somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah. So maybe on paper, this is one of Tuchel's harder games so far. And Chelsea did, I think they passed the test pretty well. And it's good to see, Gareth, uh, Mason Mount is back in the side. They dropped him for his first game. But you can't, you can't drop Mason Mount. He's, he's their best player. He is, um, and it's you know he's obviously you know one one two calls kind of uh, faith already. Um, I do think you know that that first game without him, they you know was it the nil nil draw with Wolves? They they really right. did struggle, and he came on for the last ten, and you know did infuse a bit of a bit of verve and go, and 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 you know he hasn't looked back, and you suspect he's going to be a nailed on start. So it's an easy decision at the moment because. Kai Havertz is injured. Um, 
and you know we, we've constantly talked about how many options they have in midfield and and, and try to put them in and uh, you know interesting Tuchel uh, rested uh, Ziyech in midweek and said it's because he played a lot of game time which I, I'm not not quite sure that's true mm-hmm. because he's been injured a lot. The, the interesting one is that Pulisic, who I think everyone said, well, he's played, you know, he knows him from his time in, uh, in Germany. So he's going to be shooting like, he's the man on the outside looking in. He's, you know, immediately, you know, uh, decided that Hudson Adoy is the player that I think he is the most intrigued by as a, as a, as a wide player, you know, he's now played as a very attacking wing back and, and, and slightly further forward. So Tugel, he's definitely got his own ideas about which players he likes uh, and, you know, how he sees them go forward. The only thing I think he's really settled on so far is that formation. Um, I suspect that the three central defenders is here to stay, um, which, you know, is probably good for, for Rudiger because it means that he, he's yeah. probably still got a place in the team after, after that, that, that frankly, uh, brilliant and wonderful own goal. Um, oh, when he when he scored that, the, the the way he sort of looked so helpless, he looked like a twelve year old boy, and he very sort of uh, very softly <laughs> and delicately appealed for an offside. <laughs> like the, that. And it was what, really really sad like, to watch. What can I what can I go for here? Like, yeah, it, it was horrifying. Like, I, it, it was funny, but you know, you do feel bad because I, I do think that's one of those sort of I don't know what I could have done here. It's just you know, yeah. one in a million chance type telephone goal, and then. You know, if we if we're gonna do sort of keepers misfiring, then you know, the, it was that 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 situation for the the second Chelsea goal was bizarre. You know, the fact that the referee Kevin Friend um, at any point thought that wasn't going to be a penalty is genuinely astounding. Um, yes. I think that's one of the most clear cut decisions I've or clear cut fouls that wasn't initially given that I can remember. Well, that's what VAR was brought in for, though, right? To eliminate those howlers, at least. So, yeah. I mean, we could have done an entire show on VAR and referees this weekend. Oh, God. Um, yeah, it, was a, it was a tough yeah. one, but I don't think we should do. I think I think they're getting enough abuse as it is. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, VAR's here to, to help the refs. Um, the application needs to be sorted, but at some point it will get sorted. These are teething problems in a very old sport, uh, and it, it will become... It will become more apparent how the best way to use it is, and you know that's, I think that's all we can really hope for, isn't it? No. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. <laughs> I'm especially after watching. Are you talking to me there, Mark? I'm just. I don't know who any of you are. Just going punting on? stuff out into the air. Um, hey, West Ham what was I wish. An example of that. Um, I, I was. Yeah. Uh, the less said about it, the better in terms of the decision making at the end. But. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean. There we go. And, and, the the, the Suchek uh, red card's overturned. As, yeah, as that was good. Two hours ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is good. Um, let's they can they can redress it. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, finish with um, Southampton. Gareth mentioned the nine nil earlier. Um, you know what? They've been trying for the last year to to get people to stop mentioning the nine nil. And the best way <laughs> to stop them doing it is just it, in the last five seconds of that game against United, just bang in a tenth. Bang in an own goal. No one mentioned the 9-0 ever again. It's now the 10-0 you've progressed. Why didn't they just do that? Ridiculous. But they were, they were, in, a, in a sense, they're the right team to be able to bounce back from it. They've done it before. I'm sure they'll do it again. They've got the right manager there. But their performance against Newcastle on, uh, I think it was Saturday, was, I think, maybe worse than the United one. Uh, Martin, I assume you didn't watch this, as you've watched no football for the last yeah. 10 years. 
You're absolutely right. I certainly didn't watch <laughs> it, and, I'm, and I, 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 it was the, it was the game when Miguel Almiron turns up. I've been waiting for him to turn up all season, but uh, you know he always yeah. he always puts the least likely one. Um, yeah, I mean for them not to be able to get Southampton not to be able to get something out of this with Hendrik going off just you know after yeah. the break. I mean, you would you just expect a bit of, a bit more from them. That's all. He would do, yeah. And also they had Vestergaard back at centre-back alongside uh, Bednarak. And and together, those two, you know, I know Vestergaard's been out for five or six weeks now, but up to that point, they've been very, very solid. So I wonder if it's just Vestergaard not being fully fit or Bednarak psychologically scarred from the game against United. But Gareth, do you think this is the sort of beginning of the end for um, for Southampton in terms of this season? Or do you think it's worse than that? Is this sort of Hassan Hootel not going to be able to come back from another 9-0? Where do, you, where do you stand on this? It's, I mean, I'm looking at the table and I'll be honest, I was a little surprised that they slipped this far down. There's, yeah. you know, uh, Villa in ninth, at the moment. Yeah, Villa in ninth with uh, 35 points. And then there's a little bit of a, a chasm now with, you know, Arsenal, Leeds, Southampton below, which is, you know, kind of, you can see those teams now between 11th and 14th probably just staying there for the rest of the season, you know, not being too troubled by, you know, either end of the table. And that's usually where it seems like, you know, when teams are at that point, that's when players, you know, the intensity level drops a little bit and results slip. And it would be, it would be, it would be a shame if Southampton, you know, what looked like a really promising season finishes in a kind of, you know, a muddling 13th place finish. But, um, I mean, some of these results are unforgivable. Um, you know, you could be pithy and argue that conceding three to Newcastle is, is the equivalent of le- of conceding nine to, to Manchester United. Mm. No one concedes three goals to Newcastle. They're, they're, they're right. impotent. Um, and, you know, and then obviously... To, uh, Southampton uh, went down to nine men because uh, Shah had what looked like a really serious knee injury uh, and they played, you know, the last 15 backs to the wall. And I don't even really remember Southampton making, you know, a real opening in that period. And obviously it is difficult when, you know, those those nine players are essentially standing on the goal line. Um, but it's, I, I guess, you know, one thing, you know, Minamino had a bright start scored on his, on his debut. Um, and, you know, they are constantly looking for interesting ways to refresh the squad. I do like their personnel approach. But, yeah, it's it does feel like it could end up being a little bit of a lost season. It could do. Right, we're nearly out of time. Um, before we go, though, we won't talk about any Premier League games coming up. We'll, we'll talk about them in the past tense next week instead. Um, but FA Cup is happening this midweek, Gareth. What? Excited? Is it? What? Yeah, what? I know. Um, it's... It does look quite interesting. You know, you're down to it's the fifth round, so it's you know eight games. It's where it does get quite tasty. There's a lot of good all Premiership ties. Everton Spurs is probably yes, probably the most all uh, uh, most exciting one or most interesting looking one. Um, Swansea City, which is a repeat of last year when Swansea pushed City, you know, right right to the end. Uh, and then you yes. know, last there was Bryce, no VAR, was there? Indeed not. And then Leicester Brighton should be should be quite good as well. You know, Leicester I think, you know, will be looking at FA Cup as a genuine chance to pick up another trophy. So um, this really does yeah. feel like a, a, a FA Cup should not be tucked away. It's certainly not not the the, the first game. As in, it, replays used to be midweek. Fine, but this is you know this seems like it's been tucked away, forgotten about. Most people in the street wouldn't know it was happening this week, would they? Well, I do think didn't they do this last year? Was the fifth round also oh, a midweek not. game? And I don't know, know, the rule of thumb, ignore anything to, I say. 
but it also speaks to how many games they're trying to squeeze into a truncated yeah. season. Yeah, that's that's two truncated reviews today, by the way. Yeah, uh, that's that's okay. the third. I think you definitely there's concessions made at the beginning of the season that you know, and on some things we're going to suffer the the quite preposterous uh, two-legged League Cup semi-final being one of them, and also FA Cup, just get them in when you can, you know, so yeah. to be honest. I mean, it's just sad for some of the smaller teams, but in this round, we haven't really got any smaller teams. I mean, even, you look at, oh, I suppose Barnes are the lowest place, but Bristol City, I'd like to see think that they will be a team that can progress. It's always good seeing them go on a wee bit, but yeah, they're yeah, actually yeah. only just 10 places below Sheffield United, so it, that mm-hmm. wouldn't be that much of a shot. No, you know, but no. there we go. Let's there we see. go. Right. Um, yes, let's see, Martin. Good stuff. Try and watch some games next week. For I'm going to, I promise. I promise. All right. That's all we've got time for. Um, Gareth Dobson, thank you very much. Martin thank Gritton, you. thank you very much. Thank you guys for listening at home. We'll be back same time, same place next week on The Whistleblowers. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.